It's a fairly common characteristic of firstborn children to be more of a rule follower than their younger siblings. Now, I had a conversation with one of my kids' friends the other day, and I said, you come from a family with seven kids. Where are you in the birth order? And he said, well, I'm too crazy to be a firstborn, meaning firstborn kids follow all the rules. And he said, I'm not crazy enough to be the last. So I thought that was a pretty insightful conversation with him. Well, I'm John Fuller, along with my focus colleague, Dr. Danny Huerta. And Danny, it's pretty common, I think, for um, parents to be kind of a combination of rule followers and not rule followers. You're right. You're right. It's very, very common. It's a balancing of that family system, right? Initially, it's very attractive. The ones that are rule followers want to know how to... Uh, not be so uptight with rules, and they like that. They like somebody that's, that, that's bold and able to not follow every single rule. And then uh, the non-rule follower finds the rule follower kind of attractive. They're going, wow, okay, I want a little bit more Some of that structure, structure in my there. life. Yeah. And, and so it initially is attractive, and then that's what drives them crazy down the road when they're trying to parent uh, or uh, try to figure out their, their, their faith and their values of the home. And I recently spoke at a few different conventions and at family camp, and this came up often, where a mom or a dad would come and say, can you just help us out here? I, I'm the rule, usually the rule follower is the one that comes to speak to me. And then uh, they say, okay, my spouse, not so much. They don't, they don't follow the rules. How do we navigate yeah. this when we're trying to parent our kids and guide them in a direction that we're both agreeing on? And so, yeah, it was, it's, it's a great conversation to have as a couple. Sometimes couples can get stuck, though. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and hear from Dr. Kevin Lehman now. He is so well-known for speaking about birth order and uh, how birth order plays a role in our parenting. He talked with Jim and Jean Daly about how parents who like rules can learn to take themselves a little less seriously. So what do we do uh, knowing this and its predictability? Because that's what's genius about it. It's it's generally true. It may not be absolutely true in every case, but I think you've done enough research and talked to enough people that you understand it the way you do. But how does a parent help augment that firstborn child to actually maybe not be as uptight or rules-oriented, et cetera? Is there, do you want to do that, or is this just the way God has planned it, and this is why kings and princes tend to be firstborns and leaders, as you said. Is it wrong to create a leader out of a lastborn? Well, I tried and failed to, with my firstborn daughter. I tried not to make her a firstborn. I'm here to tell you, I failed. <laughs> uh, she is a firstborn. She was an English teacher. She knew what a dangling participle was. I mentioned So high that. achiever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so do you just roll with it? I mean, is there a reason to 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 try to know, augment that or just let it go? For all you firstborn and only born children listening to our broadcast today, you know you might have a tad bit of perfectionism in your life, and perfectionism is slow suicide. That's what you have to understand. And I think the smart parent, when the kids are little and you're tucking them in, and this is the kid who's got to line up everything, you know, everything's got to be just sort of perfect. Um, kids love stories. Tell them stories, make up stories, embellish stories about your life. Share with them about the time you were embarrassed in school, about the time you got picked on, about the time you failed, whatever it is. Let the kids see the imperfect nature of you. I spoke in a church just three weeks ago, and I gave a talk on the title of my book, The Way of the Wise, which is... uh, 
Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 6. I gave a very simple altar call about the imperfection of all of us. We had over 100 people respond. I mean, I was sort of shaking my head. I, I was taken back. But how many people responded to that? We're all imperfect. That's right. We need each other. <laughs> Kids need to understand that we have their back. We love them with all their flaws. To our school teachers that I have some influence over, and we're talking about a fourth grade spelling test, why would you write minus four at the top of that? What's wrong with plus 96? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with looking for the positive ways of expressing, hey, good job? Good job is what I think I call vitamin E. It's encouragement. Mm-hmm. Not, we not praise. Praise God. All others pay cash, as someone once said. God's worthy of our praise. Your kid isn't. But your kid needs encouragement. Encouragement says, I got your back. I see how you're doing life. I'm proud to be your parent. You're doing good. And if you get stuck, I'm here to help you. Hmm. If that message comes across to your son or daughter, they're going to go out in life and they're going to be a winner. And Dr. Lehman, isn't it important with, let's say, that firstborn, the high achiever, to to acknowledge something other than just their performance, to acknowledge, to encourage something about them, their personality, their heart? Oh, you're the smart one around the table, Gene. <laughs> she you is, know, actually. That, that, that's that's the, the diamond answer right there because, as I've said to my kids, it's it's not what you do, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. And uh, my little daughter, Lauren, was talking to a kid on the phone for about 30 minutes, and I asked her who that was. I said, gee, I haven't heard that name. Is he a new kid? No, he's just a kid nobody likes. And I said, what? It's a kid at school nobody likes. And she called him and talked to him about 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And this little daughter of mine, the youngest, she's very sensitive to other kids. And she's the one in, in the lunchroom in school would see somebody sitting by themselves and go over and sit next to them. That's beautiful. And if uh, one thing I'm proud of, all my kids have a sensitivity to other people. And they've learned that my wife is a super wonderful human being, wouldn't hurt a fly, give you the shirt off her back, a lovely lady in every sense of the word. A much better person than I am. And I see those attributes that we have successfully passed along to our kids. And I think what I'm most proud of is they care about other people. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yes. I reminded yesterday when I talked to the focus administrators about, you know, God hates the arrogant and he hates the proud. I think all of us have to do that homework Mm -hmm. to make sure that we understand that other people are important. We come to a stop sign or a red light, we stop. Why? It's the law, yeah. Get a ticket, yeah. Get an accident. The best reason we stop is so we don't hurt somebody else. But notice that's not our first response. Mm-hmm. And those are heartfelt good things about yeah. parenting and, and seeing your kids do the beautiful things. And you go, great, okay, they caught that lesson. And I think that happens as your, your children get older. You see more of that. Um, hopefully, that's the goal. All right, Danny, so regardless of whether we're a rule follower, firstborn, me, or a fun-loving type of parent, somebody else, we should all strive for what Kevin suggested, and that is look out for those in need. So what are some ways that we can help our kids be other-focused, whether we want to kind of stay with the rules or not? Hmm. 
Well, by modeling it first, you know, we need to we need to model the fact that we care about other people and that we we're willing to listen and that we're focused on people outside of uh, of ourselves and outside of our home as well. And also, I love to teach young kids that self-control is a way to love other people. You're protecting others from you. And that that can include your rule smashing over people or your rule breaking. Are you bringing your own self-control mm-hmm. in a loving way that brings the fruit of the Spirit? So talking through that, uh, I, I love to ask my kids, what do you think the other people were thinking or feeling? And sometimes that's watching a movie or if we were in a situation where maybe they, they didn't see a, a certain something that was happening, I'll just ask, what did you see as we were uh, with that family, if I knew there was something potentially going on, to help them think beyond themselves? And uh, when they, my, my son and daughter do things to each other, I do like to ask them, what do you think the other person mm-hmm. feels when you say that or when you do that? And that way they can consider, develop that theory of mind, right? Consider what is happening in the other person's experience when I'm with them or as they're experiencing life. And how can I step into that place in a loving way, in an understanding way, not needing to rescue people, but to love them along the way? Got it. Well, along those uh, lines, we have a great resource on our website that um, is called Raising Caring Kids. You'll find a link to that article right there in the show notes. And we'd love to tell you more about Dr. Kevin Lehman's book, Why Your Kids Misbehave and What to Do About It. It's available to you for a one-time gift or a monthly pledge of any amount to the ministry. We're listener-supported. There's so much going on here at Focus on the Family. Uh, Let us uh, continue on with your support, please. And we'll say thanks for being part of the team by sending that book to you. Uh, The link is in the show notes. Next time, we'll have more from Dr. Lehman. He'll be explaining the difference between discipline and punishment. And for now, I'm John Fuller. And for Danny and the entire team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.